resellers, it's Suzanne A. Wells back with another eBay the right way podcast. This is episode number 22 and today's date is August 18th, 2021. And we have a special guest in this episode, the illustrious and well-known and very successful Casey Vetterly who posts many $100 sales on our thread in the Facebook group. And this isn't really like an interview. We just got on a Zoom call and started talking. So it's very spontaneous, but a lot of great information about not only what to sell, but how he runs his business. So let's get started with the interview with KC. Okay, so we have KC Vetterly coming to us from his basement <laughs> in Park City, Utah. Yep. Okay. And you guys will know him as the KC on the group that uh, posts about 100 things every month to the supersized sales uh, thread. And he, he was the inspiration for that. You remember that three years ago? Oh yeah, yeah. When I mean, it used to just be on on Mondays, I thought, and then you created a new. Right, and we did it for a, super a while, size. and then um, people got too confused or something, and um, mm. then we started it back up again because people missed it. Yeah, <laughs> but Casey, would... I've been trying. I've been trying to cut back lately. Honestly, well, don't <laughs> because. You know, you would email me or message me and be like, you don't have mm-hmm. to put all my stuff in the video. I don't want to, um, right. you know, be a, a media hog and take the, up the spotlight. But um, right. so people have been sending in questions. So I'm going to ask you some of those. But um, oh, wow. OK. Um, well, let's just get this out of the way. First of all, they sure. want you to do all these shipping videos. How do you ship this and how do you ship mm-hmm. that? And I just don't feel like that's something you're going to get into. It really, I mean, I don't have time and I can't say I'm a media personality, you know, it's, uh, I guess shipping, you know, you just, you're just trying to get the smallest box for the item possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a lot of tips and tricks to it. Just choosing, you know, deciding which box you're going to select and then. Like golf clubs is, for an example, golf clubs is a big one right now. Mm-hmm. And you just use the, uh, I mean, I could use the medium tube, mm-hmm. USPS medium tube. And you can put a full set in there. You can put a single club in there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's video worthy. Well, personal. I mean, a yeah, tutorial I mean, maybe, but. It's not super exciting, but um, yeah. what I tell people is just go on YouTube and search for how to ship whatever it is, and you will find yeah, multiple videos of, and there's no one right way. There's all kinds right. of ways you can do it, but I yeah. think the problem comes in with um, either new people or people that mm-hmm. haven't sold those kinds of items. They want to know like how to do it before they list it. And that's fine. Right. But part of this business is you learn how to adapt. Like you mm. figure out how to ship things when they sell. Like, yeah, you want to think it through. Oh, I have this, um, you know, cuckoo clock or whatever that, that mm. seems like it'd be overwhelming. But um, sometimes you just got to roll with it 
and figure yeah. it out as you do it. I mean, is that I, I list? Yeah, I list everything first. I don't ever worry about the shipping. Like I've sold some huge things in my life mm-hmm. and I just list it. And then I'm like, well, when it sells, I'm going to be forced to figure it out. Yeah. And then you, you just start taking it apart or you disassemble or you put it in multiple boxes, you know, but I never let that slow me down from listing an item. Right. Because, well, you're confident enough in your shipping skills to know that you can yeah. figure it out no matter what. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, and there's double boxing and there's, there's all kinds of ways to do it. So right. um, for those people that want you to do all these shipping videos, what's your advice mm-hmm. to them? Because you're pretty That's, much not going to <laughs> I think everything's out there. It's all, I mean, it's not unique. You can type in golf clubs. Like I just watched one the other day. I mean, I've shipped thousands of golf clubs, but it just popped up in my feed. So I watched it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the same, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's all out there. Yeah, I mean, okay, and if it breaks, what happens? If it breaks? Yeah. Oh, you, you refund it, I guess. You file a claim? Like, and, yeah, yeah. I, mean, there's... I don't, I never worry about the after the fact details first. Right. I mean, you, you just wouldn't... list it. You have to list it. Yeah. And then you figure, everything you figure out as it goes. Right. So that's, that's the answer, guys, is that, um, you know, you got to kind of figure some of this out on your own. And that's just part of eBay and being an entrepreneur in general is sometimes you just got to figure it out. Yeah. There's infinite perceived hurdles. There's so many, if you think about it, you'll just want to stop or quit. Oh, I'll list the next thing or whatever the hurdle is, you know, they're Mm -hmm. infinite. So you just, you do the step that's required and then you just figure out the rest as you go. Well, and you do have a little more experience um, Mm -hmm. in this business. Uh, We did an interview in 2018. And so now we're three years past that, (laughs) but your history hasn't changed. So can you give a little recap of your first eBay business years ago? Yeah, I started in 1999. So 22 years in October this year. Wow. And we started, I was young super aggressive and we thought we'd just take over the entire world Mm -hmm. so we started just buying and selling ski equipment living in a ski town Mm -hmm. it was just the most readily available it was difficult it's perceived difficult to ship so that was a big hurdle we thought if we could figure that out Mm -hmm. we'd have an advantage and then just started buying and selling stuff as fast as humanly possible And after a while, you know, it's what I tell people is the bigger you get, the worse the margins become. So it sounds great at the beginning, but like as you grow and grow, it's really hard to maintain margins and overhead gets high. And after a few years, I mean, I had years where I made a ton of money, but it's, it was a huge heartache. Like I had 400,000 in inventory. And it's, you don't sleep well, you know, $400,000, not dollars. Items. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. Dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a lot of money to be, um, responsible for the inventory. Yeah. And you have vendors and like you make one bad purchase and you sell it at a, say a 20% loss or something, you know, like it starts to really grow and get difficult. 
And I thought, why would I do so much work for ever diminishing margins? And I actually thought I'd quit. I liquidated everything. Mm-hmm. So I sold all the equipment, super cheap, sold the warehouse, well, the lease, forklift, pallet racks, everything. And then it's funny, nobody would hire me. Like I thought I would get a job and I had this great resume. Because you, you were either overqualified or they didn't understand what you had done. Yeah. I mean, I started from nothing. Went to like my peak was 850,000 gross sales in one year. Wow. And I like, I thought I would just take those skills somewhere. Like, you know, I just want to work or, and then I just got bored. I didn't want to work for anybody. Well, and I think that's the reason companies don't hire entrepreneurs is because they know we're going to get bored. You know, we have to be on our own with that creative energy. Um, And it's really hard. Like the corporate world does not want people like that. Yeah, you're going to come in and you want to want to change the rules and you're going to want to like, hey, let's do it this way. And they're like, no, we've done it this way since the dawn of time. We're not changing it regardless of how inefficient it is. And you're like, I don't understand that. And we can't work in that environment. Right. I'm a terrible team player. Yeah, I am too. (laughs) If you want to change something, you just change it and start going, you know, know, and I many times a day I have this conversation with myself. Hmm. I wonder what if I what happened if I did this and I'll, and I think through it and then I'm like and if it doesn't work then right. this would happen and maybe I might be out some money but then mm-hmm. that idea is out of my head I've I've explored it I've tried it it's not going to work you can mm-hmm. move on you know yeah if you make a bad decision you just live with it you make a bad purchase like whatever and you sell uh-huh. it and you try something else yeah my my favorite thing to say is like yeah, that didn't work. Okay, what, what's next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always what's next. So I love that you're saying this because it seems like on YouTube and all these people with, you know, trainings and stuff for eBay, mm-hmm. they're all about how huge you can make it and yeah. get a warehouse and hire people and how to train people. Yeah. It's like, I've been there, not as big as you, but I had mm-hmm. something like 12 people working for me at a time once. Yeah. And yeah. all I did was manage people. I didn't get to right. do anything fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would buy, I'd make purchases just to give people work to do. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, not that it was even a good purchase, but it's like, well, my guys are, they're just standing. So I better just buy something, you know? So when you so were- it gets really hard to balance all those aspects. When you were doing the big business years ago, mm-hmm. did you have employees or independent contractors? I did. Employees? They were they were employees, yeah. Yeah, and see, that's the whole, you got to do payroll, you got to have. Yeah. That's like, I tell people, if you're going to hire help, make it independent contractor. Don't do yeah. an employee because it's so much more paperwork. And, yeah. um, you know, it's just a bigger time suck. To have yeah. to do all the payroll and all that crap. And yeah, um, all yeah. I want to do is buy junk. I don't, <laughs> payroll's not my specialty. <laughs> well, it's, you sell some good, you know, ski apparel and you, you have a good yeah. eye for, for what's expensive and, you know, don't, mm. don't make excuses for what you don't sell. Right. That's, yeah. that's anybody. It's like, I don't, I just don't care. I don't want to do that. I was out mm. a couple of days ago and 
I saw some uh, breakable cookie jar thing. And I mean, I, mm-hmm. I literally sit there and think, yeah, that could sell for $50, but I just, I don't yeah. want to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. I see that stuff all the time. I just, I look at it. I know it makes money and I just don't want to deal with it. I mean, that's kind of normal. Well, and then but, um, you probably see people pass by things that you just jump on as soon as they're out of the yeah. way. You're like, oh, I'm, yeah. I hope they don't pick that up because I'm going to get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was at a thrift store the other day and there was a guy, he had a, a TI-84 plus calculator. Uh-huh. And he was holding it and he just set it in the Christmas department. And I just never in my life thought I'd see somebody holding that, just put it down, you know? Yeah. So I, I picked it up. It was a dollar and it sold for $57 in like 90 seconds. Right. I mean, though, that's so fast. Bolo. I mean, that yeah, was like a book. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's shocking. This guy was just walking around with it, you know, and then he just set it on the shelf and left. Well, it was funny that day you messaged me and I was in a thrift store at the same time. And you're like, oh my God, I found this thing. I know this thing Mm -hmm. because you saw it on a video like two years ago. And you're like, I know this thing. Yeah. (laughs) And it was the, the Ikea vase. Was it the black or the pink one? It's the pink one. Have you sold it yet? Oh no. It's it's just right here on the shelf. Is it listed? No, not even. (laughs) Can I give you $10 for it? Well, it's, gonna be a pain. <laughs> it's that item. It's going to be a pain to ship. So not too, not too bad. It's not that big. Not too bad. No, I mean, I'm, a, I'm good at shipping. I'll get it done. Yeah. But my, We're so my excited listing strategy, to find it. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I was, I was really excited, but it doesn't mean it gets listed right away. Oh, my, well, my listing policy is I list whatever's most in the way first. Okay. And so the vase isn't in the way. Like I don't, I don't like just cherry pick the stuff off the top, you know? Uh-huh. Like as I run out of space, the newest arrivals are right in like the photo area where there's space. Okay. So I just list everything that's in the way. So when we first... it's a battle trying to get more, you know, more floor space open. Well, when we first came on, you kind of did a pan of your background in the basement. And um, so how many things would you estimate are not listed? I mean, I guess it depends. Like, I have probably 5,000 Lego minifigures. So if if you were to sell them all individually, I mean, that's the most profit, right? Right. it's a, it's just out of control. I'll have to just sell them by the pound. So you're like the poster child for death piles. <laughs> Maybe I feel like I list every day. Well, you do. But... And I, I swear, I swear I list more than I buy, but like, it just seems endless, you know? Yeah. It to, answer the quest, to answer the question, it's more than 5,000. If I wanted to go, depending on how, far you want to break it down but i'll say i'll say a thousand items if i just can make lots and so if you had a huge blizzard out there and you were shut in for a week or two you'd be all right on inventory (laughs) oh yeah month or two (laughs) and i still shop every day because i'll take any excuse to leave the office you know 
Yeah. As soon as it's 10 o'clock and the thrift store opens, I'm just like, uh, I got to go. And do they know? What and I know do? there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have only one thrift store and I go twice a day, every single day. Really? So in five years, I mean, I've been there like 2000 times. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, only a thousand, it's like a thousand square feet. It's but you big. never know what's going to get dropped off in the next hour. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah. And so you have to put yourself in front of the stuff, you know, to find the deals. Mm-hmm. Like one of my attributes is I'm an extremely diligent shopper. Like I'm always out there. So I'm not forced to buy things. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just my little window once a week or something. So it gets a lot easier to just buy good items. Because the more you put yourself out there, the more you see. Well, and what's interesting is, um, well, tomorrow's a big day for me. It's my first senior discount day. Oh, yeah. I don't have to use a fake ID. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I can legitimately get the discount and feel yeah. good about it. No, I, I never did that. That was just always a joke. Mm. Um, I'm at the age I joke about it, though. You're not you're not old enough to get the senior discount. No, but I'm old enough to joke that I should. That you're close enough, Maybe. like if you told them, they, they wouldn't dispute. They're, and down here no. in the South, they're not going to dispute a woman that says, they're not going to ask right. you how old you are. <laughs> right. Then you get, you know, you get a, a Southern woman uh, who might mm. uh, react badly. Anyway, um, yeah. but you know, I can tell other resellers because they put so much in their cart and I don't mm-hmm. look like a reseller because I might right. buy between 10 and 15 items and I might be in there two hours, Yeah, but I'm very picky and I want to yeah. get to where most of my, you know, I've been working on this for a while. I, I just have a mm-hmm. hard time with like, Oh, I could sell that. I could flip that really fast. And no, yeah. you, you have to learn how to leave the stuff behind and mm-hmm. only look for the highest dollar items and yeah. you're not going to buy as much. And yeah. that's, that's where people kind of loot. It's discipline. Mm-hmm. It really is discipline of like what you're going to put in your cart and what you're going to buy. Um, and that's really hard for a lot of people to leave things behind. Yeah. I make, there's a long running joke that nobody shops more and buys less than me. Exactly. Like I walk in, I'm like, yeah, morning you know i say hi to everybody and probably not buying anything today (laughs) i just walk through and but that's why you sell so many high dollar items is because that's all you're listing yeah and you know it really is these days if you think about you know if you get out from under all those low dollar items that frees up Mm -hmm. your time so you're only listing the higher dollar stuff yeah. And some people argue, well, you know, you got to have those $10 items in there to keep your sales velocity and the algorithm mm. and all that stuff. What do you say right. to those people? I mean, there's, I look at it, there's three defining characteristics. You have space, time, and money. And you're just balancing that, those ratios. So some people need to buy $10 items because they don't have time or they don't have money. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have lots of space, you know, mm-hmm. and it changes all through your, as you go through the path. Right. And for me, like space and time are at a premium. 
So I have to buy just items that sell for more money. Mm-hmm. Like I sell a lot of stuff. I don't worry about, you know, I'm not going to go broke at the thrift store. Right. Well, and your stuff seems to be so cheap or even free at the recycling center. Yeah. Yeah. I work really hard at just all my personal relationships because I have only two places, mm-hmm. the recycling center and the thrift store and yard sales, but you still, you know, you still work on a relationship like right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I really have a high value on that. And I put a lot into it. Stuff people would never see, you know, or expect. Like I went to a, a yard sale there's a sunglass company. I mean, you can't see it. They're called Pit Viper. And they're really, Pit Viper, it's really trendy. Like super cool kids wear it. Okay. And they had a tent at a yard sale. And I bought 15 pair. It was probably about $300. Mm-hmm. And I've given them all away. Like the guys at the recycle center, they work outside. They're mm-hmm. really big into, into mountain biking. Uh-huh. And I just gave every employee there a pair. Well, that was nice. So like you do, it's not like I'm bribing them, you know, but you do nice things uh-huh. and it always comes back. Absolutely. So your yard like sales- over the years, over the years, my prices have gotten ridiculous at the recycle center. Meaning like it's, it's just lower, like ridiculously low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'll fill my whole car and I'll just be like, oh, give us a couple bucks. Wow. So lucky you. Yeah. But that's, it's all based, in my opinion, on just being good to people, you know? Yeah. I mean, what you put out there is what you get back. Yeah. I just go to Starbucks. I'll buy every employee at the thrift store, Starbucks. Really? And you just take it to them? Yeah. You know what they, what they want? Most of them. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's, maybe it's a small town thing. I don't know, but you Uh could do it anywhere, you know? And I go to the thrift store and they just save stuff for me. They know I like Lego. And so I walk in and they always save it every time. So, and then I, so I'm kind of forced to buy it because they saved it. And that's one thing I don't need more of in my life. <laughs> so I have two questions from that little yeah. exchange. Okay. Your yard sale season's pretty short mm-hmm. where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to like, what, May to September? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty short. And then there's a lull in the middle. Like right now it's really slow as you get close to back to school. All, mm-hmm. A lot of families take their last summer trip and it's really slow. So the other issue is I hear from people who, you know, they watch my sales update videos and they're like, well, you know, you find all that good stuff because you live in a big city and your stores mm-hmm. are better than ours and your prices are lower. And, and that is true. Cause I know like in California, their prices are just ridiculous. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how people out there are resellers, but um, yeah. I mean, you just proved a point that you're in a small town, but what's your population yeah. in your town? Full-time residents. It's like 10,000. Yeah. So it's you, you one of my work. benefits It's yeah, it's extremely expensive here. Mm-hmm. So that's one like, top benefit I have. I mean, the cost of living is outrageous, but I do find good stuff because, you know, it's a very expensive area to live. Because more affluent people um, are going to donate higher quality items. Yeah. 
there's a fluency and trans it's very transient mm. so as a vacation spot you get lots of people move in and out all the time mm-hmm. so you get a lot of deals that way but um thrift store is tiny it's really small and i don't know why if you're at a big goodwill you couldn't buy a coffee for your favorite cashier you know Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you can do it, that. People say, oh, I can't do that. It's too big or there's too many employees. It's it's really false. If you had one, you make one good relationship, they could just bring something from the back for you. Or just br- walk in with a box of donuts or something that everybody yeah. can enjoy. And you don't have to know what they like or don't like. Just, you know, right. Um, when I worked at the bank back in the late eighties and nineties, um, we had customers mm-hmm. like that all the time. This one guy would bring us pizza for lunch and they'd bring mm-hmm. brownies and they, um, they were always bringing us stuff just because they were, they just wanted to, you know, people yeah. love giving. Yeah. Yeah. And I have so much inventory. I just give stuff to whoever, like somebody I know was looking for something like the thrift store the lady was looking for a, a Wii Nintendo Wii package. Mm-hmm. Was one of the workers or husband had some health issue and he was recommended to play on the Wii for mobility mm-hmm. and they didn't have any. I was like, well, I got like 20 Wii's. So I just went and gave her one, you know? Yeah. They, they probably weren't even listed, right? <laughs> yeah. I just stack them up. <laughs> yeah. I, I do that with, um, with gift items. Like, you know, I see mm-hmm. some fun things like it's a dollar and I'm like, that'd be a great sort of generic gift item for, like somebody I don't really know, like my, you know, mailman or something, you know, just, just have stuff on hand to give people is so easy. But um, so if, if you're listening and you're in a small town and you feel like you are at a disadvantage, it's, it's not um, where you are. It's how you do it because everywhere in the world, Stuff gets donated to charity thrift stores or, you know, huge church sales or whatever it is. Um, Mm -hmm. um, It's just, it's not, it's not where you are. It's what you know and who you know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Certainly. You're living proof. I mean, yeah, you know, items and like, they will laugh at you when you buy it. Like that happens often, you know, but then just. What happens most often is I go to check out and there's like, oh, give me, give me $4. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the most common for me. You know, it's funny. I was talking to the, um, the managers in charge of all of the receiving and we're pretty good friends these days. And I just said, there's a long story about it, but I, I told him about the big E in Levi's. Mm-hmm. And he'd never heard about it in his life. It's been there for years. And he's in charge of like receiving all the sorting, what goes Uh where. So like, even at the highest level, there's, I mean, that's probably the easiest, biggest bolo there is. Uh I would imagine, right? It's, it's huge. Uh Never heard of it. So it's interesting, like how much can just pass through that they just don't know. Well, nobody can know everything. And it constantly changes. Yeah, true. that's the thing is, is there's so much bad information out there on old mm-hmm. YouTube videos and blogs and stuff that 
Like, yeah. okay, yeah, that was true five years ago, but not anymore. Mm-hmm. People don't want that. Um, Crocs yeah. are making a comeback. You know, right, yeah. Crocs were huge when they first came out. And I even yeah. sold those on my eBay UK store because they couldn't get them over there. So I would mm-hmm. just go to like uh, Macy's or wherever was selling them and just buy some. Right. Full retail, put them in my mm-hmm. store and they sold for like three times retail. And they were so yeah. light and easy to ship and they didn't break. It was a perfect product. But then right. that kind of fizzled out, but now they're back. Right. So. <laughs> I worry, I worry about the video games right now. Like the prices are sky high on video games, vintage video games. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to buy and sell as many as I can. And one day, you know, it might just end. And yeah. I'm prepared for just, I'll just find the next thing. So what do you look for in vintage video games? Is there a certain profile of what you're looking for? It's not my specialty at all. Mm-hmm. I think generally at this point, you just buy what you see. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear most people say. Like if you even see it, it's hard enough to find. Well, I've looked up some of the sports ones like yeah. Madden and those don't seem to be worth very much. Yeah. It's all this sort of niche, weird, yeah. like comic book stuff or these characters you've never heard of and you know there's yeah less of those if i've never heard of it i definitely buy it (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's that's the basic like sports games you just cut that out you're probably okay yeah yeah so I'm, i'm trying to figure that one out too because i've seen so many uh posted on the over hundred dollar thread it's like $200 and you know, it's, it's not Pokemon and all those like that people Mm -hmm. know it's like this purple alien thing that like never even heard of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I bought a little Nintendo GameCube bundle at the thrift store one day mm -hmm. and um, I just saw it behind the counter and I thought I said, Oh, somebody's saving that like an employee wanted to buy it. She said, Oh no, I haven't had a chance to price it yet. And I said, well, I just sort of looked in the bag. I said, I'll, I'll give you $75. That's, I think that's a really good price. Okay. And she, and she took it. But the point is, is I opened it and there was brand new sealed games in it. Mm-hmm. So I have my first game that I sent in to get uh, graded. Mm-hmm. And if it comes back graded high, it's like a thousand bucks. There you go. Where do and you it's get just, video games graded? There's two main companies that do it. Okay. And I just researched a little bit and found one. WATA, W-A-T-A, is the one I used. So is that because you don't have the system to test it? Well, no, it's it's brand new. It's sealed in the wrapper. So what are you, what are, so are they giving that, you a that's COA? What, what's that? Uh, are they giving you like a COA, Certificate of Authenticity? Well, they... They encapsulate it. They put in like a plastic acrylic Oh, case. they make it like a collectible. Like, like a baseball card, yeah. Okay. So that's that's like a new aspect of video game buying that's taking off. Okay. Now it's been it's been like 40 days since I sent it in. Uh-huh. They're really backlogged. But, okay. Um, well, I had no idea that was like a thing to make it for a display. Is yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. Put it behind glass or something. Yeah. In VHS, they they grade VHS types now. Really? So people collect new sealed VHS. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, type in VHS on eBay. Oh, I know. I'm always worried. Sort by the highest prices. I'm always worried that like it's so old and maybe it's been stored in someone's attic and the heat has completely disintegrated tape in there. Because I mean, I found them like that and it's like, this is completely worthless. It won't play. No, these are just the brand new ones, you know, ones that are originally sealed. Well, that's what I mean. Even so like if, all if the top were, results are graded VHS now. If if the VHS has been exposed to high heat, like stored somewhere, I mean, it can yeah. melt. And even though yeah, it's still yeah. new, it can melt. Right. Yeah. But if you're going to put it in a case and just look at it. That's true. Okay. I guess you point. don't care. Yeah. People okay. aren't buying them to watch them. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a lot of VHS didn't make it over to DVD. Yeah, true. Yeah. So people might actually watch it. Right. I know that in uh, assisted living and nursing homes, they do have, they like the, um, the individual, like the TV with the VCR player in it, the combo, yeah, yeah. or, you know, in the the day room or whatever, they'll play old movies from, you know, their, right. their youth and so some of them do get played. I guess yeah, it yeah. Depends, but I'm gonna definitely check out the the um, encapsulated VHS yeah. because I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just uh, always all fun. the top all the top results are are graded now. Okay, that's that's a good tip. Yeah, and you put something up the other day about a remote control, and you picked it up because you mm. thought it had gold in it. Oh no, I just meant it was like. You know, like you're treasure hunting. There's going to be gold. Oh, in this okay. I was like, well, I know that's a thing with <laughs> cell phones. They have, yeah, you know, the guts can have gold in it. And that's why they get stolen is, you know, people take them apart and then take the valuable pieces to the We Buy Gold stores and get what they can yeah, get yeah. to support their drug habit or whatever. So, right. I mean, that's a whole thing. And I'm like, wait, there's gold in remote controls? But no, no, not no. that way. <laughs> Figuratively. <laughs> Hundred, it was $150. It felt like gold. So do you have any recommendations for what to look for there? Because that's another overwhelming niche where everything just looks the same to me. Yeah. the I don't know that there's, you know, my life record was $300 for one remote. You had it on a video once. Ah, really? And it was, it was kind of just dumb luck. Like it wasn't that it looks just like all the others. And I think that day I just got really lucky mm-hmm. that I just happened to grab it. And the recent one that you're talking about, I mean, I could tell it was nice. It was like milled aluminum. It's really high quality mm-hmm. remote control. But it's, I don't know that there's any defining characteristic. I mean, you have your phone, you can just search every remote control you see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to find like $50 remote controls is pretty easy. Yeah, that's a niche I need to learn too. I mean, as as time goes by, it's like, okay, I figured mm. out eyeglasses. I got that. You know, I figured out like I all these little niches that you just takes practice. Yeah. Um, so do if you I, test them when you get them home or what do you how do you make sure they work? Yeah, testing's really easy. If they're like uh, infrared, mm-hmm. there's you see the little flashlight bulb like in the tip of it. Okay. You can just point it at your phone. The phone camera can read the infrared light. Uh-huh. So you put it on. You put it on selfie mode, and you just push the buttons, and you can see that the light turns on on your phone camera. Oh, okay. 
That's interesting. And, and they, they always work. Like, okay. They, they're never bad. It, that in my, my experience, you would have to have the right batteries in them to, to test them even. So that's, not yeah, yeah. Deal. Yeah. I've got a lot of batteries. Well, you know, I have, um, these little battery operated candles. Um, mm-hmm. I quit burning candles cause it's just dirty. <laughs> yeah. And when I moved in my nice shiny new place, I'm like, I'm not burning yeah. candles in here. So I have the ones yeah. to turn on with the remote and I'll turn them on and like other things will turn on, you know, the, Oh yeah. (laughs) Player will turn on or or anything Uh, else that's sensitive to that infrared. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that makes perfect sense that the remotes are like that. Yeah. And I don't generally, I wouldn't buy a TV remote. If you just want, it's like the sports games. If you cut out one category, you're way ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. And TV remotes are just like, you can buy knockoff TV remotes from China. Mm-hmm. on ebay and they're ridiculously cheap mm-hmm. but it's the obscure stuff like for the candles or like for a oscillating fan or ceiling fans they go for a okay. lot of money like hunter a fan for a hunter douglas ceiling remote for hunter douglas ceiling fan i mean you could get like 50 dollars easy okay it's, it's so kind of an obscure item it's if it's for a specific uh appliance or device not just your basic right. tv with the uh you know the multi thing where it turns on your roku and your tv and it's all in one yeah remote. So yeah there's no universal glass. remote for ceiling fans okay so that's that's great information i didn't know that yeah. i'm gonna look all this up get get smarter in that category because i walk i mean i walk by them all the time i just i don't know what to look for you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how, oh, what if this doesn't work? What if it's all corroded? That's, that's my philosophy with plush is mm-hmm. if it's, you know, if it doesn't, if it's one that has like moving parts and it sings or has the electronics on the inside, it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't work in the store. I just leave it behind. Like I could probably take it home and clean out the battery compartment. It may be totally mm-hmm. corroded. I tried that a few times and it's like, Right. Yeah, this is too far gone. You can't rescue some of those things. But right. um, I thought, well, it's probably the same with remotes. Like maybe that's why it got donated is it's mm-hmm. corroded and doesn't work. And so I just. Right. But, you know, they're probably pretty cheap. They're probably like a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a professional reseller, you should just have batteries in your pocket. Absolutely. You yeah. Store. Yeah. Like. You just put a battery in and if it talks and dances, then you're good to go. Well, I've, I've thought about carrying like, you know, a little kit, just yeah, yeah, all the different sizes so I can test things. But, you know, it's been, I guess, about a year and a half since I've really started going outside of clothing and Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of doing it slowly and like learning like the, um, the planners, the leather planners. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they don't have to do anything. They just have to look right. nice and be a good brand. And um, I was shocked at what those sell for when I started picking them up, you know, like the Franklin Covey and the um, mm-hmm. Daytimers and people still use them. In fact, they usually go to a construction company, a realtor, something like that. It'll have it on their business address because mm-hmm. um, like if you're a, a project manager for multiple construction projects, you have a notebook for each one. 
because not yeah. everything can be digital. You know, you've got these right. forms that have to be signed and notarized and all this paperwork that not everything can be digital. So yeah. um, that was a great discovery because like this doesn't have to work. It doesn't have to fit anybody, you know, and I've right. never had one returned. Yeah. So I'm looking for that stuff sounds like great. That. Yeah. <laughs> like as a category, things people use is a really good category. Like I, I'm not a fan of collectibles personally mm-hmm. because it doesn't have function. Like mm-hmm. if, if it, for some reason, it's just not popular, you know, the value could plummet. Mm-hmm. But say you're selling clothes or jeans or something, you know, everybody uses jeans. It's consumed. It's mm-hmm. a day planner. Like they need this stuff. And they wear out and eventually yeah. it'll have to be replaced. Maybe not really quickly, but as a product, mm-hmm. you know, it does wear out and has to be replaced. Yeah. So, so everything I buy is mostly stuff that people just use and it sells fast. And like a pair of shoes, like say you have designer shoes and you have just work boots, you know, mm-hmm. you're probably, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know designer shoes, but I would say you're probably better off with a work boot because someone's just going to buy it. They're going to use it and they don't care. It's, it doesn't have to be perfect or, you know, Maybe it's broken in, like they want leather that's broken in. Or they're just going to wear it outside and trash it anyway and walk through cow manure all day, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. When I started selling shoes, and I did a class on this several years ago, it was all about comfort shoes versus, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the spiky-heeled fashion shoes. Because when your feet hurt, you Mm -hmm. need... Like all these people that have type two diabetes and their feet are yeah. a problem because the blood vessels are so small and that's what goes first. Um, yeah. Yes, there are diabetic shoes, but right. like the Merrells and the Keens and, and all those mm-hmm. um, comfort shoes are very important. I mean, that that's something you get right. on the computer in the middle of the night and be like, I need to find some shoes that don't hurt my feet. And mm-hmm. um, so you'll pay anything. Yeah. And, and there's all the different sizes and widths and styles and colors and all that. And, you know, I, I realized that, you know what fashion for me is not where the money is with shoes. Mm-hmm. It's with right. necessity and yeah. pain relief. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I can't wear those heels. I mean, I've never been a heel girl because it's just mm-hmm. they kill my feet and right. I don't want that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so to everybody listening, if, if you're delving into the shoe market, it's, it's like, mm-hmm. um, forget about all those expensive Nikes and Air Jordans. Although I know you found some, um, right. they were really unique. Yeah. My, like those are the things it says Jordan and they just put on, you know, $80 price tag uh-huh. in the thrift store. So it's like, that's the kind of the problem with the designer stuff, you know, well, and a there's lot a fake. perceived value. Yeah, yeah. There's fakes and there's what the workers perceive as valuable mm-hmm. is really far off from like, what is necess- a necessity, you know, like they know the name brands mm-hmm. and the workers see it and they think, Oh, this is going to be amazing. And it sits in there for months. So 
I, I guess just, just emphasizing what you say, there's 500 pumps of pairs of pumps on the rack, mm-hmm. very little sneakers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so. the fast fashion, you know, that's just what's made. Yeah. And, but if you look at it, I'm very practical and you are too. It's like, mm. what's the most practical thing that the most people are looking for? And there, there yeah. are some brands of comfort shoes. You know, Finn Comfort is one of them. I think it's a German brand. I've only found that a mm. few times, but it is, right. they have removable insoles that you can, you know, purchase a new insole over time. And, um, mm. you know, if you, if you think about what's going to drive somebody to buy a pair of shoes, is it like, oh, they have to go to a wedding and they want some shoes to match this dress or um, my feet hurt and I can't even walk to the mailbox. You know, I need something there. So, um, and and a lot of these people that wear the comfort shoes are disabled and Mm -hmm. they can't drive. They have to depend on other people to drive them. So they're shopping online because that's available to them. So- And usually they know what they like. They're not browsing. Yeah. They know the brand, they know their size. Right. And they're just going to go online and buy it. Yeah. So as far as, you know, work boots would fall under that, they have a specific mm. purpose and they don't have yeah. to be shiny and new if you're just going to be walking through the mud all day. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I don't even I don't even clean them. <laughs> like I don't scrub the the tread out with a brush, you know. That's called character. I, I just, it's character, yeah. Character. I say they're, I just say they're broken in. <laughs> yeah, you can go straight from this box to your um, outdoor pasture and just walk around. You're good to go. Yeah. So, well, we have covered a lot of ground on this, and um, I know. Have you been to the thrift store yet today? No, no. They open at ten. Okay, so yeah, you're on. Um, oh, I'm one minute. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta go and get your stuff. So, um, thanks so much for agreeing to do this. And I feel like we're going to have you back because we explored a lot of territory here and I sure learned a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, I mean, we can go down to every category, you know, there's so much, Yeah, but it's just being able to recognize value. You know, I don't, I don't know what more there is that covers it all. And it comes over time. You see a nice walking shoe. You see a nice t-shirt. You see a nice. And you have to practice. If you're new to this, you don't know what's rare or what's unusual. You have to, you know, just get out there and just keep doing it over and over again and realize, oh, this, what is this? This feels like high quality. This leather is very thick or, you know, you can tell what you have to practice. It's very hands-on. And the risk is so low. If it's a dollar, you just buy it. It doesn't work, you know. I mean, like you can't worry about losing a dollar. Well, and, so and just, everybody, it's a bad, if it's a bad item, you just donate it or sell. Everybody it, you know, does it. I mean, you you yeah. admitted you do it. Like, oh, I thought this was going to be something great, and then I got home and mm-hmm. researched it. Yeah, that didn't work out. Yeah, and you just have to be okay with doing that. It's not failure. Yeah. It's just, that didn't work. And there's only eight hundred gazillion things out there. <laughs> right (laughs) to buy for resale like you'll find something better it's fine literally infinite supply right like there's you just you try it if it doesn't work like you can't not do the work in fear of failure right like what if i price it too high or too low or too you know you just put it on if it sells then you just 
go buy the next thing. Right. You can't worry about like what could go wrong or what the failure is or the yeah, pitfall. You, you know? can't. What if it gets returned? You can't live your life with, um, you know, what ifing yourself to death, maybe, maybe in yourself to death. It's like, just do mm-hmm. it and keep going and keep making money and don't overthink it. Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. do the work. Well, happy shopping. Thanks Thank for you. Thanks on. for having me. I hope it was good. It was great. I'm sure we'll get lots of comments. So if you want to, um, there's no way to comment on a podcast, but this will eventually cycle over to my YouTube. So that's where we'll get the comments later. All right. We'll do a question and answer day. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Like to have, not that I have, I don't ever claim to have the answers. Like have viewers, listeners send in their questions Mm -hmm. and you answer them. Oh, I'd love that. That's a great concept yeah we'll do it i'll give i'll give my best answer it might not be everybody's but hey and that's fine it it would be fun okay great thanks a lot see you next time thanks Bye. bye and i hope you guys enjoyed that because i really enjoyed the conversation with kc he is uh so funny and um he even mentioned after we were finished recording that it's hard to find people to talk to about eBay. Like who gets excited about used shoes and remote controls? So I will be having more guests on this podcast because I'm only one person and we can really all learn from each other. So thanks so much for listening. And as always, have a profitable and productive day on eBay. Talk to you next week. Bye.